Thanks for joining us. I'm Ryan Aber uh, from the Oklahoman here with uh, Jenny Carlson. Hopefully shortly, uh, Justin Martinez, maybe Barry Trammell as well after uh, OU's surprising in some ways lost uh, to Kansas State uh, tonight. Let's see what we got. Sorry, I had to approve Justin there. Uh, as I'm walking, trying to find an exit to the stadium because uh, the gate that I, I normally leave at is locked right now, which is a, a first. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to find our way out. If not, we'll just uh, chat here after this. Uh, Jenny, a lot to talk about uh, tonight with this one for sure. But really, in my mind, got to start with OU's defense and they struggled from the jump. They struggled on third down. They struggled to contain Adrian Martinez. When you look at the the future, the rest of the season, what's the most concerning thing for you from what you saw about OU's defense tonight? Yeah, it was definitely uh, not good defense. I mean, when you think about Tulane and what they gave up a week ago, even if you look back at what South Dakota, not South Dakota State, South Dakota gave up against uh, K-State. Now, I I know that K-State probably ran more vanilla stuff against both of those teams, but still, the number of possessions, the number of scores, the the yards, I mean, all of that to me um, was surprising. And I think the thing that stood out to me was – how little you saw the defensive front for OU affect things tonight. Um, I think the defensive line is going to be okay. Um, It's maybe not a great defensive line, but I think it's a pretty good defensive line. But I didn't see a whole lot out of the linebackers. And, Ryan, you know, over the years, I've been critical of OU's linebackers as the defensive – and the defenses have struggled – really not affecting play, not really um, causing things to happen. And late in the game, I saw some of that from Danny Stutzman, but I didn't see a ton of it earlier in the game from the OU linebackers. And to me, that's the area of most concern. Can they fix it? Probably. But I don't know how big of a hill that is to climb. Yeah, sorry. I'm opening a gate here for Justin and I to escape. The stadium and found found one that was finally unlocked. So, run free, uh, run free. Yes, we are out. So, but yeah, the, the linebackers. You know, I thought uh, David Aguebu and Danny Stutzman uh, really really struggled to uh, contain Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, and uh, you know, a lot of times just didn't seem to be. Uh, in the right spot at the right time. You know, Adrian Martinez with the big 55-yard run uh, there at the end that was the backbreaker uh, for this game. Until that point, the Sooners at least had a chance, but uh, weren't able to get off the field there. It was a third and 16, and, uh, you know, Brent Venable said they had a spy on the play, had a bust, and it did It looked like, uh, not sure who exactly it was supposed to be, but both Stutzman and Aguebu were up at the line of scrimmage on the edges. And, uh, you know, Stutzman was the only one who had any kind of chance and sort of lunged, uh, lunged at Martinez at the line of scrimmage as he's getting blocked. Didn't really uh, ever have a chance to make that play. Uh, just a really disappointing performance. I think just how far this defense is 
uh, the, the, the kind of defense that Brent Venables has been known for, Justin? Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing that was concerning, or is, I guess it's been an ongoing thing, is they really haven't forced a lot of of takeaways. I mean, you know, they've had a few, but they mostly come in, in garbage time situations. I mean, you look at the Key Lawrence interception um, from the last game against Nebraska down to stretch when it was all but over. You look at the, the Gentry Willie, Williams one on the season opener down the stretch um, against UTEP when it was already all but over. I mean, they just really haven't been able – to get the ball out of the offense's hands in the form of takeaways. And that's something that's been a little bit concerning from them. So something to monitor moving forward, but definitely like you said, I mean, defense is the staple for Brent Venables. So, I mean, this is something that you would expect he'd be able to turn around, but there's clearly some issues here that they need to correct. Yeah. And a big one tonight was third and fourth down Kansas state uh, with uh, I, I believe it was eight, uh, third down conversions converted both of their uh, fourth down tries, and uh, it just it, it, some of them weren't very short. It just uh, uh, the the Sooners weren't able to contain. Whether it's in the passing game where Adrian Martinez had his best uh, best game of the season by far, or uh, the running game where he had uh, I think it was the second uh, his second highest running rushing total of his career and the most touchdowns he had the Sooners tonight. Uh, down uh, for the Sooners, especially after Kansas State really struggled on third down uh, a week ago against Tulane. I lost you a little bit on my end, Ryan. I'm sorry. Uh, can you give me the gist of what you want me to <laughs> yeah, go just, into? Just, just talking about uh, the, the third and fourth down struggles uh, oh, for yeah. the Sooners tonight, uh, yeah. especially after Kansas State struggled in that regard offensively a week ago. Yeah, you know, and I think, oh, you put them into some bad situations, uh, some long yardage situ- situations that you would say, hey, you know, advantage defense here. I mean, you you mentioned, Ryan, that play that Martinez sprung to basically seal the game on, uh, you know, third and 16. You know, you, you got you got to look at that and think, you know, surely, surely, you know, you give up a, a nice run and they're probably still facing fourth down. Well, you know, they give up a 55-yarder and it's over. So just, uh, you know, unexpected that they would struggle that much on, you know, we're not talking a bunch of third and ones that K-State's converting. They did some of that, but not not all. So to me, you know, finding themselves in advan- advantageous situations and then not being able to get off the field, um, you know, uh, it was really, uh, I think it was as much a head-scratcher that OU's defense struggled that much as Adrian Martinez was that effective. I was talking to some K-State folks uh, media-wise before the game tonight, and I was told there was a decent amount of people that cover the team regularly that thought Will Howard was going to get in the game tonight. Adrian Martinez was struggling so much heading into that game tonight that you know they just really thought he's not pulling the trigger, he's not playing like – they think he can. Will Howard's going to get in this game. Well, you know, Adrian Martinez looks like, uh, you know, he should have, maybe he should have transferred to Oklahoma. Every time he steps on Oklahoma soil, he plays a good game, it feels like. I don't know. But he was he was spectacular tonight, and that was some of him, but it was clearly some of the Oklahoma defense as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think, for me, there's 
three threads that sort of run through this game as reasons why OU winds up losing the first, what we've been talking about, the defense. Uh, the, the second, uh, Justin, I, I'll go to you for this one, was the penalties. They really uh, struggled uh, with, with those tonight. That hadn't been something that they'd struggled a ton with. They'd had, uh, I think, seven was their most in a game. Had 11 tonight, but even beyond just the raw numbers, a lot of those penalties came at very critical situations. Yeah, I mean, it's the most penalties that they've had since was November 27th was last year against Oklahoma State. They had 12 of them. Just really uncharacteristic, especially from the beginning of the season. It looked like a team that, you know, really prided itself in its fundamentals and discipline. And so just for them to come out and have 11 penalties tonight, 87 yards. I mean, like you said, a lot of these were killers. I mean, you look at – um. When was when Dylan Gabriel had that 26-yard run? Um, let's see, that was what, in the first quarter? Um, you know, it looks like a momentum shift that you're starting to get things going, and then all of a sudden – oh, sorry, the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get the false start on the next play. It's a first and 15. They get another false start three plays later to where eventually they have to punt the ball away, just kill some momentum from there. On defense, they had plenty of times where they're trying to get a stop. There's the Justin Broyles pass interference that sets – Kansas State up in OU territory. I mean, there's just a bunch of instances where it was just really things that they just shot themselves in the foot. I mean, these are correctable mistakes that you just don't see a lot out of this group, or at least you hadn't so far in the beginning of the season. So something they're definitely going to have to focus on because as you get in the Big 12 play, obviously none of these games are a given. You know, you can't afford to be shitting yourself in the foot like that. Yeah, and Jenny – the, the two that really stand out to me, or I guess the three, because they wound up having three uh, fourth down penalties, I believe, uh, was those, those penalties on fourth down. That, you know, we saw uh, Braden Willis get uh, sort of bumped by Wanya Morris. He jumps off sides, um, had a, a couple other critical ones, and uh, wanted a, a fourth and four uh, situation where OU was going to go for it. Uh, they get called for the penalty. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden they're just in a really bad spot, had to settle for a field goal on uh, one of them, had to punt the ball away on the other. And when you're not playing uh, crisp on either side of the ball, those penalties can get magnified, and that's what happened tonight. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and I think, too, you know, having penalties, I mean, some of them, Justin kind of alluded to the fact that they had definitely had some penalties that were – you know, in the unforced air category, you know, jumping off sides when you've got a guard that is literally right by the guy who's snapping the ball and he jumps off sides, you know, stuff like that, that you need to not have happen. Um, and I think offensively, you saw some of that happen. Fourth um, downs, as you mentioned, Ryan, but also they had some early down penalties that then they're facing, you know, first and long or second and long. And it just kind of, exacerbates struggles and pressures and uh, I think it just became very much a uh, a snowball effect and that was definitely part of um, part of what got the Sooners going the wrong way in this game tonight yeah it really was and and Jenny I want to stick with you for uh, the the third of those threads that I was talking about because you uh, wrote about this tonight it's uh, Dylan Gabriel and and his struggles his numbers uh, you know, you look at it, you look at the raw numbers and you say, hey, this is his best game of the season for the, the yardage and the, and the touchdowns and things like that. But 
was just a, a shade off a lot of times tonight, especially again on some of those critical plays. He hit, missed Drake Stoops a couple of times, most notably, I think, on the uh, fourth down uh, try where it looks like all he's got to do is just nice and easy uh, pitch it over to Stoops for the first down. He uh, overthrows that ball, overthrew Drake Soups earlier on what looked like it could have been a long touchdown. And uh, just really for the second straight week, wasn't nearly as crisp as we've seen Dylan Gabriel be before. Yeah, and you know, obviously last week in Nebraska, they were able to overcome those moments. Um, and, and, you know, it felt like the moments of inconsistency were first possible time. You know, you mentioned um, those plays, play, plays to Drake that went awry. Um, there was a miss uh, to Theo Weiss. There was a miss to Marvin Mims. And, you know, on the flip side, you mentioned it before, Ryan, you know, you look at the, the overall numbers. He's got a quarterback uh, rating in the 170s. He's, you know, his completion percentage was pretty good. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, there's a lot to like about what you saw. I mean, there was even – there was – a long touchdown to Marvin Mims. There was a large, long touchdown to Theo Weiss. So, you know, for every guy that he missed, he, he probably hit for a, a, a good gainer tonight. But, you know, on third down, on fourth down, when they really needed to move the chains, when they had opportunities to move the chains, it just seemed like, you know, it wasn't quite there. And, you know, if if it's – every quarterback's going to miss something like that in a game. I mean, they're, they're, unless you're talking a, you know, perfect – perfect night, you know, 20 for 20 or something like that, you're not, you're going to have some misses, but when those come all at the same time or all in similar situations, it's just really hard. You know, there wasn't uh, any one that was a backbreaker necessarily sort of in the way that that 55 yard Martinez run was a backbreaker for the defense, but all of them collectively just took opportunities away for the Sooners. And, you know, in a game you lose by a touchdown, any one of those going the other way and maybe the narrative's completely different tonight. Yeah, it really is. And, and, you know, we'll see how Dylan Gabriel in this offense responds moving forward. I thought a positive sign for the Sooners, the way they were able to run the ball uh, in in the second half after struggling early, that's sort of been a theme uh, recently is uh, not being able to run the ball effectively early and then, uh, Eric Gray coming up with some big uh, gains uh, there in the second half. I think, you know, the, the offensive line maybe took a step back tonight from what we saw a week ago. Now, which one is the real one? And, and was last week just a product of, hey, Nebraska is just really bad defensively? Or, uh, you know, is Kansas State just a whole lot better than they had looked uh, up to this point? Now, Kansas State's defensive front uh, – is is always pretty solid so we expected them to uh, give the Sooners a little bit more challenge than they've had but uh, certainly didn't expect what we saw uh, out there tonight um, Justin uh, going back to you what what did you think about the tone of things after the game we had seen uh, you know a certain way that they handled uh, losses under Lincoln Riley sort of a, a bunker type mentality and uh, it was obviously really effective for the Sooners, the way that they generally uh, bounce back from losses. But uh, tonight, it seemed like it was a little bit more, I don't know if defiance is the right word, but almost a positive 
uh, outlook on things, even uh, even after the way the Sooners performed tonight. Yeah, you know, I got to talk to um, got to talk to Braden Willis, Eric Gray, and both of them, or Braden Willis specifically. He had said that you know he is one of the guys in the locker room after the game that was kind of telling everyone, "Hey, you know, we need to have this this windshield type mentality," is what they were calling it. Where paraphrasing here but essentially we're either gonna look back at this loss and fall into a ditch or drive into a ditch or we're gonna look forward and still get to where we want to go you know and so it seems like that's the, the attitude for this team is they're they're owning up to the fact that clearly they were not the better team tonight you know they had a lot of things that they need to work on but the season is so young and they still have opportunities to go and accomplish whatever goals they've set and yeah I mean I, I agree definitely there's a little bit of assertiveness when they're saying these things. It's not just they believe it can happen. It's just that they're almost determined to make it happen. You know, Brent was saying, he says, I believe with everything I've got in this team, you know? So it sounds like this group is is still very much together and they've rallied the troops and are trying to move forward from this loss. But clearly they're going to have a lot of things they're going to have to fix. And, you know, it sounds like they have the right mentality about it. Hey, you know, guys, one of the things that uh, springs to my mind, I, I agree that I do. I did sense that there was, you know, some some looking forward and I think for good reason. And, you know, obviously disappointing. I mean, Brent even said at one point that, you know, I think he used the word I'm, I'm pissed. You know, he was not happy with how things were. But I think it's also uh, important to recognize for all the penalties, for all the miscues, for all the almosts. These guys were in it, you know, they, they, you know, until very late and, you know, if an onside kick goes a little better, maybe they go push and try to tie the game, you know, so they played a, a team that I, 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 I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but I do think that when they are looking at it, they'll see, Hey, don't jump off sides when nobody is forcing you to jump off sides. Don't do some things that are, you know, dumb and, you know, maybe, the game goes the other way. I think that, you know, if this was a trend, you might start to worry, but they're still relatively young in all of this. So, you know, there aren't any trends that have developed yet. They can, they can really kind of make it what they want of it. Is it, is it the first of many or is it the outlier at the end of the year? Um, I think that remains to be seen, but they get to determine that at this point. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see how they respond to that next week, but, They've talked just so much about focusing on them rather than who they're playing. And, uh, you know, it's generally worked out uh, to this point outside of today when, uh, like you're saying, Jenny, a lot of the problems that they had were, were self-inflicted. When you talk about the penalties, when you talk about the way that, uh, uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel missed on some of those, those plays that weren't just pressure in the face. Uh, you know, when you talk about the way that they defended uh, Adrian Martinez, and certainly he's a great player. And, you know, I think we uh, saw obviously what he can do uh, tonight. But, um, you know, they've, they've certainly got it in them uh, to perform better, but they've got to do it because this is a Big 12 that is uh, really up in the air right now. I mean, you try to rank the teams. Uh, it, it's really difficult to find – one, an obvious win on the schedule. I mean, heck, you would say, you know, we we're talking about this. You'd probably say West Virginia is the 10th the team in the league. And, you know, they go out and uh, beat Virginia Tech the other night, and they hung with Pitt uh, in, in the opener. But Kansas isn't a rollover anymore. 
uh, Texas Tech. We saw what they did today and on and on and on. So uh, it's, it's going to be an every week is going to be a dogfight type of season. Yeah, I don't think there's any – there's no gimmies right now. And, you know, I, I think that that uh, is going to make for a challenge. You know, K-State's the type of team, has become the type of program, whether it was under Bill Snyder before, Chris Kleiman now, they don't beat themselves. There's some there's some teams in the league that, you know, you can, you can do what OU did and, you know, commit penalties and, you know, maybe not convert on third down. And they probably still figure out a way to, to, to beat themselves, those opponents. But, um, you know, I think they're becoming fewer and farther. So stuff like what we saw OU do tonight, you don't want to let that become habit because before you know it, you can find yourself in a real hole. I mean, I think next week TCU is a, is a team that, um, you know, OU should beat. But Max Dugan runs around a little bit. So, you know, does that is that a problem? In a couple of weeks, it's the Texas game. We know the pressures of that. Um, you know, so and then Kansas comes to town, which, you know, before the season started, everybody would have said, ah, oh, there's a breather for OU no matter what. Nope, not so much. Jalen uh, Daniels, we <laughs> talk about running around. There's a guy that'll run it around on you. So um, it's just to me. Yeah, it's fascinating. We thought coming into the year, the league would be wide open and it really very early on still, but it definitely looks like that's going to be the case this year. Yeah, and even much more so than than I certainly anticipated. Um, but you know, we'll see how this thing unfolds. But it's really important for OU to get back on track uh, next Saturday. It's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff down in Fort Worth. Uh, we, you know, we'll see how that goes. But uh, certainly, the Sooners have plenty. Uh, to, to work on this week. We're going to uh, wrap it up there on our uh, post-game breakdown of OU's uh, uh, loss to Kansas State tonight. But uh, we'll be back again Tuesday uh, with, with more coverage, and you can read our coverage every day in the Oklahoman or every, every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman uh, for the best OU coverage anywhere. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good rest of your weekend.